Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program... Georgia voters are breaking turnout records during this early voting period. I'll speak with Anna Davis from Anna Dennis, excuse me, from Common Cause. She'll talk about what she thinks behind the turnout and what her organization is watching this cycle in terms of election integrity. Plus, did you have to work to find to be meek? No, yeah. totally natural, <laughs> confident. Yes, that's an illusion. Sorry, I cut you off it's because okay. I, I'm because I'm I have no confidence. From, a, from our Closer Look archives, actor Simon Helberg from television's The Big Bang Theory. All that's coming up. But first this, some breaking news at this hour. Another twist to the Fulton County Special Grand Jury seeking testimony from South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. Now, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is temporarily blocking Senator Graham's subpoena from that special grand jury. Now, he can do so because he is over the lower court that issued the original order. Everybody pay attention. So what does this mean now? Well, it gives both sides some time to file and prepare new arguments as to why or why not the subpoena should be allowed. Hmm. In other news, as mentioned, this Tuesday could mark a million voters who've cast a ballot during this early voting period, which continues this week. According to the Secretary of State's office, approximately 758,000 Georgia voters have cast their ballot. And yesterday, more than 18,000 showed up to vote. Speaking of elections, with just a couple of weeks till the big day, candidates are ramping up their appearances. Now today, GOP U.S. Senator candidate Herschel Walker is holding a rally in North Georgia as part of his statewide bus tour. He's scheduled to appear at a gun and pawn shop in Jasper, Georgia. This says Walker and incumbent Raphael Warnock seem to be neck and neck overall in the polls, with Walker pulling a slight lead in the Hispanic voting bloc. That's according to the recent AJC poll. Meanwhile, over the weekend, Spelman alumni and gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams attended Spelman, Spelman and Morehouse College's Spellhouse Homecoming. There's a picture of Stacey Abrams dancing at Spelman. Governor Brian Kemp is out on the road today with stops in, uh, let's see, he's making stops in southeast Georgia on his bus tour in Metter, Dublin, Mount Vernon, and Claxton. And former President Barack Obama is set to campaign in Georgia this week, where turnout in early voting continues at a high pace, even higher maybe than the presidential election of 2020. And if you don't know, millions of dollars, as well as celebrities and everybody else, big political names on both sides are coming into Georgia, which is now a battleground state ahead of the midterms. Stay tuned. 
In other news, abortion rights supporters and opponents are gearing up for another hearing in a lawsuit challenging Georgia's abortion law that bans the procedure after around six weeks of pregnancy, as we hear from Jess Mador. Beginning Monday, Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney will hear arguments from the ACLU that Georgia's abortion law violates privacy protections under the state constitution. The ACLU filed the lawsuit in state court on behalf of Georgia advocates and abortion providers this summer when a federal court enacted it following the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Advocates say the abortion law is already having an impact on people seeking to end a pregnancy, and they say women who miss the six-week cutoff are having to take time off work and travel out of state to access abortion care. Jess Mador, WABE News. And some good news for the ATL. Atlanta is now meeting federal ozone standards. Yes, that colorless, odorless gas is formed partially from pollution from car and truck tailpipes, and it can have bad effects on people's health. As we hear from Molly Samuel, a handful of things went into lowering Atlanta's ozone levels, including less commuting during the pandemic. The EPA lowered its standards for ozone in 2015 to be more protective of people's health. Ozone can exacerbate asthma and other lung and heart issues. Now, Atlanta is officially in compliance with the EPA rules. Yeah, we're very happy about that. Jane Spann is an environmental engineer with the EPA based in Atlanta. Georgia has made some really great efforts to reduce ozone. A few things have contributed to Atlanta's ozone level going down over the years. Permitting requirements on new industrial facilities and newer cars, including electric vehicles replacing older, dirtier ones. Uh, We have cleaner buses and locomotives. Jim Boylan is the assistant chief of the Air Branch at the Georgia Environmental Protection Division. He says Hartsfield-Jackson has electrified a lot of its support equipment, which has also helped, as has a summer ban on burning yard debris in the Atlanta area. And then um, finally, things like teleworking and uh, carpooling have helped a lot. And, you know, ever since 2020 and the, uh, the pandemic, teleworking has really stuck around. Robin Bussey directs the Just Health program at the Partnership for Southern Equity. She says she hopes these ozone improvements aren't just a blip and that she'll be able to see the difference on the ground with communities she works with. Can we, you know, continue to achieve it and actually see, you know, real results in in people's health and in, in people's lives? If Atlanta falls out of compliance with the 2015 rules, there's now a plan to make sure it gets back on track. Molly Samuel, WABE News. And it's that type of reporting that we've been bringing you for so many years, and as long as I've been here. In just a moment, we're going to talk about another important community issue as it revolves around elections and, and voter rights and all of that good stuff. Important community issues, that's what we do. And so now we're in, the, in our fall fundraiser asking you to do something for us. We're asking for your donations because... You know what? It helps us to create better understanding, interesting interviews, and a few smiles. We hope so. So right now, we've got yet another reason to give. I'm joined this hour by WABE contributor, Arthur Ryder, and TV host, I'd like to say this, the fabulous Gail O'Neill. <laughs> I love that fabulous introduction. Good morning, Rose. Uh, oh, is it afternoon? It's afternoon, it Gail. Come on, afternoon, get it together. Rose. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> when you give right now, you'll be in on a drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. We're looking for first-time donations, of course, but this drawing is open to anyone who donates between now and the end of Closer Look. 
because of that, your odds of winning are, I'm guessing they're now one in one rows. Let's see, we have a little chat room here where I can give you light. Oh, your chances of winning are one in three Ooh. at this point. <laughs> yes, one in three. <laughs> oh, and allowing us to bring you um, closer look and other programs you love like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, City Lights and so on. Please take a moment to give what may very well be your first donation, in which case, welcome to the club at wabe.org slash donate or with a good old-fashioned call to 678-553-9090. And thank you. Hi, it's Jen White from 1A. You know that local news is essential, but you might not realize that when you donate to this station, you help bring millions of listeners local reporting from communities across the country. Keep local news alive and help it thrive. Donate to this NPR station right now. And it's easy, wabe.org slash donate, because why? Well, local news matters. And here in Atlanta, local fun funding makes it happen from you, that you. You over there about to get those waffle fries. You could take that money. Now, you can still, I don't want you to say Rose Scott said I couldn't eat because I had to donate to WABE. But you can still get your waffle fries. You can still donate. So please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. Our operator will walk you through it. It's really easy, and thank you. And a monthly donation to WABE really is the best way to support the station. And here's one reason. You don't give it as a lump sum, but a little bit consistently from month to month. And yes, you can change it at any time. Also, for most listeners, $10 a month seems to be the most comfortable giving amount. But you know what you can afford? Plus, every WABE monthly donor automatically receives a gift from us, the PBS streaming service, Passport. Please know that we really do depend on the Atlanta community now because about 90% of our funding comes from right here in Metro Atlanta. And that's listeners like you buying your waffle fries and whatever else your treats of the day are. Thank you so much for giving. You know what? I say, think about it this way. All the great, meaningful, and powerful stories you hear on WABE, well, they are sustained, or I like to say curated, by you. So please become a new sustaining member online at WABE.org or the old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you. When you donate to WABE right now, you can get the WABE Amplifying Atlanta mug. It features the colorful, creative illustrations of Atlanta artist Fabian Williams with his take on the WABE Amplifying Atlanta slogan. It's yours with a one-time gift of $120 or a new monthly gift of $10 where you'll automatically receive an added gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. This fall especially, facts matter, and so does your support of WABE. Please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or phone 678-553-9090. Thanks. And remember, when you give this morning, your name will be entered into that drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card. For full contest details, visit, visit us at wabe.org slash contest rules. Let me say that again wabe.org slash contest rules. Your odds of winning are pretty good right now. They're one in four. Thank you, Amy and Littleborn, for adding to the pile this morning. Um, so please give it wabe.org slash donate or give us a call at 678-553-9090. And by the way, anybody in my household listening, you are not eligible to get the $250 visa gift. Y'all get enough for me anyway. It, by the way, if you're listening to the evening rebroadcast of Closer Look, we're also going to enter you into this drawing to, to be sure you give 
be sure to give your gift as well at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And folks, you understand, Gail, we can't enter, neither can our family or our spouses or our booze or significant others, whatever y'all got going on these days. If you're related to me, if you live in my household, you cannot <laughs> enter. You can make a donation, but you're not going to, you know. Well, and listeners, I'm hoping that Rose will make an extra special gift to Pledgers. She's trying to see if, you know, she can get approval to do this. But <laughs> stay tuned for the next hour because I think it'll be really, really special. And I'll be bidding on it myself. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about election integrity. Ooh, there's something to talk about. We're back in a moment. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Closer Look continues from Atlanta, WABE. I'm Rose Scott. So here's a question. Have you cast your ballot yet? If so, you're far from alone. Georgia Secretary of State Office, as we were said earlier, reports that as of this morning, more than 830,000 folks have participated in this early voting period. And that includes also absentee ballots ahead of the election day. So, yes, we know the state is breaking these midterm turnout records by 50 percent or more for each day of early voting. And a statement from the Secretary of State's office says numbers are, quote, within striking distance of the 2020 presidential election turnout, close quote. So as this is all happening in the first major election since the passing of Georgia Senate Bill 202, joining me now to talk more about all this is Anna Dennis, Executive Director of Common Cause. Welcome. It's been a long time since we talked to you all. Can you hear me? Yeah, it has been a long time, Rose. Thank you for having me back. Um, I think the last time we talked, she had my my daughter who was a little bit more of an infant um, who was in the interviews, but now she's a toddler who is enjoying doing election protection, monitoring, (laughs) going out. Oh, she's um with me she's all about getting the skirt and wearing her hat <laughs> okay and and so she's a toddler now huh yes she <laughs> is three years old she is a toddler now let's go let me get your reaction to hearing about this record-breaking early voting turnout is it surprise not surprise for you Oh, I am somewhat surprised, but then I'm somewhat not surprised. I say that I'm not surprised, you know, in Georgia, we are resilient. We show up, show out. We are ready to really make our voices amplify and heard at the polls. So that's why I'm not surprised. I'm also not surprised because there has been so much attention and enthusiasm about our elections here in Georgia and people are really ready to continue to see 
change happened here. So keeping with that um, velocity of what we saw in 2020, mm -hmm. that's why I'm surprised. The things that I am surprised about is that we're actually on par where we were in 2018. Mm -hmm. We're, um, I believe, 59% um, in rank of where our numbers were at the exact same time in 2018. So this is very striking for a midterm election. Let me get your thoughts on this, because I can understand someone listening will say, well, you know, ap upon hearing these numbers and think that that's proof changes in voting rights laws are, quote, maybe not hindering voters. But on the other side, people are saying, well, no, this is a product of folks wanting to make sure that their vote is going to count by coming out in early voting and voting in person. Uh, how do you see this? Are you somewhere in between or you can understand both sides or, or what is your, your view on that? I'm definitely in the view that we have definitely had um, anti-voting laws that have swept through the state um, of Georgia and has definitely made it harder for folks to be able to vote. Um, it's made it harder to the point that folks need a wet signature, meaning a live signature, mm -hmm. and multiple points of requesting an absentee ballot. It's made it possible that, you know, challenges that we've seen in multitude of counties like Gwinnett County that has a very um, high population of immigrant population. It has one of the highest populations in the actually the eastern United States of folks. We've seen multitude of challenges every week um, to people's right to access um, the balloting options. So there's definitely been barriers that have been put in place folks who could be laborers or nine to five workers or shift workers now won't be able to vote provisionally. Um, they're out of precinct before 5 p.m. on uh, election definitely bears to the ballot. And that's why we're also seeing this high turnout in early voting. It's but people are saying, hey, we know the challenges now, how we're able to exercise our rights. So let me get out and vote and let me get out and vote early. And let me also bring mm -hmm. my neighbor, my family member, my community member with me to the ballot. Sure. I don't, let me get your thoughts on this, because, you know, under Georgia's under that Senate bill 202, which is now law, there is this ability for a Georgia voter to challenge or I guess anyone to challenge the eligibility of another voter. And there's been some confusion in terms of how this works exactly. And, 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 and what do you make of all this? So with the challenge, how I make it is that we've seen this in multitude of cycles in Georgia, that there are certain groups that keep coming for the integrity of how people want to vote and exercise their rights to the ballot box. We see this every cycle. However, with the SB202 law, which is our anti-voting law, which is definitely a relic of what we've had in the past, it's very equivalent to people having to cut count lie bubbles in a bar of soap, which we know there are no lie bubbles in a bar of soap because mm -hmm. lie doesn't bubble. However, it's similar to counting jelly beans when we had um, Jim Crow laws that with this SB202 law, law, it recodified that challenges could happen here in Georgia. However, with those challenges, the onus is on the challenger to prove that folks are not who they say they are, that they're not, you know, represented the way they should be with the balloting options. Mm -hmm. However, with that being said, 
the problem becomes when these counties who are our election heroes, you cannot forget that mm-hmm. election offices are heroes by what they do every day and what they have to encounter. They have to they have to process every challenge that they receive. It can potentially bog down them when they're actually trying to get more poll workers. Mm-hmm. Make sure that folks who need um, accessibility to balloting options, who could be homebound, who could be first-time voters, are having a good experience with the balloting options. But now what they have to do is go through these challenges. Has your organization been made aware of, of any major issues, or even if there might not be major, but even issues during this election cycle so far with early voting? Anything in particular, though, you all are also watching for? So with early voting, we're watching for things that are happening in technology, like a slowdown of the election um, systems. That typically happens because we are living in a broadband desert um, in parts of Georgia. And so our broadband network um, slows down when so many folks are um, on it. And typically with the beginning of early voting and then the end of early voting, we have high uptick of numbers of voters who are going out. So we have a slowdown of systems and sometimes those systems are crashing. But what we've heard from different counties that even if a slowdown has happened, they have been still been able to process voters in a timely fashion where the voter experience was not impacted. Other things we're on the lookout for is folks who've requested absentee ballot applications. Have they been able to receive their absentee ballot applications? Have they been flagged for other reasons? We're also on the lookout for um, folks who are going to need to vote provisional mm-hmm. on election day. What's going to happen to them if they have to vote provisionally before 5 p.m.? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to their ballot? Is it going to count? Is it not going to count? So we're definitely on the lookout for different things like that. And I want to shift for a moment for folks who may not be familiar with Common Cause and, and your mission and your vision for your organization. Uh, go ahead and tell our listeners what you all are about. Yes. Yeah, so Common Cause Georgia, we are a transparent ethics organization that focuses in on transparency down to how lines are drawn, down to how our taxes are being spent and governmental agents agencies down to how we have equitable access to um, voting options. And our goal here at Common Cause Georgia is to make common sense reform to policy issues that impacts the way that we exercise democracy here in Georgia. And let me get your thoughts on this, because I had a listener actually uh, email me about this. And I actually had someone I've been in conversation. What, what do you think about ranked choice voting? And I know there I believe Maine and correct me if I'm wrong. Maine may be the only, is Maine the only state where the both federal and state and local may be yeah, choice? Yeah, Maine, and then there's some provisions in um, Minnesota that allows for um, municipal uh, ranked choice voting. Actually, I am in favor of uh, ranked choice uh, voting, especially here in Georgia. It's something that we actually already do with our overseas and our military voters. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that with ranked choice voting, this will extend options, especially in our down ballot races, not just the top of the ticket races, for people to really exercise how they want policies to be reflected in their uh, local governments. So I'm definitely a fan of ranked choice voting. Do you see any potential any potential problems with it, though, in terms of why other states probably haven't picked up on it? Or this is simply an issue of it depends on whom's who is in control of the of the state house. 
So what I was going to say is that I do think that choice voting can be a way for um, political operatives and um, parties particularly to try to leverage the vote mm -hmm. of the common folk. So I do think we do have to be very um, intentional with how rank voice Rankfully, rank, rank voting is yeah. divvied out, um, especially in a state like Georgia, where, you know, we're not a monolith and every region in Georgia is definitely different. If you go down to Albany, it's a lot different than going down to or going up to Catoosa uh, County than going down to County, right on back to like Columbus and then coming to Atlanta. It's all very different, but we all make up Georgia. Mm -hmm. So we do need that really reflect how people in their local community would like democracy handed to them. Well, and what, what do you think about this? I believe in Oregon, uh, where everyone votes by mail? Yes, everyone votes by mail um, in Oregon, and we have a other vote by um, mail, like Washington State. Mm -hmm. um, and also in Colorado, they vote by mail. However, they have a different like history when it comes yeah. to elections than what we have here in Georgia. Um, what I love about um, being a Georgia voter, I've been a Georgia voter since um, since the Kerry and uh, Bush election. And mm -hmm. I remember registering to vote when I was 17 and a half that May. And then I remember getting my voter registration card. I kept it with me. I loved having my voter registration card and I loved having my little pocket constitution. I was one of those um, kids. Um, however, what I loved about that time frame is that I remember I could not vote just of yet because my birthday actually happens right after election day. But I was able to go to um, early vote with one of my great aunts who was actually disabled. She was in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and able to wait in line for the first time early happened in Georgia. And I remember the atmosphere of just feeling the community. And every time I've gone to vote since then, I always feel that when I'm actually going to my local precincts and I'm meeting my poll workers who are sometimes my neighbors who are folks that I grown up around or we know each other just for different activities around the city. So there's that community bond we go to vote and it really shows how much we care about how we vote mm -hmm. and the different options we do have. So yes, I do like vote by mail, but I do enjoy um, standing with my neighbors shoulders to shoulder, sometimes waiting the six hour line, wow. um, really just to like say like, hey, we're here as a community. This is our fifth time that we can get to come out and celebrate that we are voters here in Georgia. All right. Now we'll check back in with you, obviously, after all this is over again to get your assessment <laughs> of everything. Anna Dennis is the executive director of Common Cause. Thank you so much for taking time as always and uh, say hi to that little one for us. Will do.
Closer Look continues in just a moment. I'm Rose Scott, of course, from WABE here in Atlanta. By the way, in that promo we just heard, you know that sample, right? That that sample is always used in a lot of hip-hop songs. And I want folks to know what it is past the peas, in case you don't know. That's what I'm here for, Gail. Uh, the reason we have a fundraiser like this is simple. So I can tell you little tidbits like this in case you are on, I don't know, Jeopardy or something. If they have a hip-hop category. They should have a hip-hop category. They should have they a Jeopardy should. that's all hip-hop. Like hip-hop samples, you know, and 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 great lyricists and, you know, and female MCs. I could do that. I would say one category on Jeopardy would suffice. No, Just we need so a people ho- have a chance. Then how would then, somebody then don't like get on the fair? show? Well, listen, <laughs> have a special See, application they process. Be so inclusive. That's right. <laughs> that, absolutely. You know, hip hop potpourri. We could like do that, that here on Closer Look. Now I can do anything I want as long as yes, I, you well, can. as long as yes, it says Closer Look at Rose Scott. Next week might say something else. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the reason we have a fundraiser like this is simple. We're looking for donations to help cover the cost of hip hop on Closer Look, or to cover the cost of what it takes to bring you the segments like the one we just heard, which is so important about voting and integrity. And, and voter rights and all of that. So, of course, a big election is just coming up and we're making sure to cover not only the racist, but cover everything that's all the optics around the racist. So please take a moment to give now at WABE.org slash donate. And I'm joined by Gail O'Neill, who doesn't want a whole Jeopardy hour of of hip hop. I, I believe in mixing it up. But you know what, Rose, one of the things I love about helping you with pledge drive is getting to say thank you to listeners when they call in to support and give their testimonials of course so i want to say thank you to sandy and ackworth and thank you to gloria and mcdonough chances of winning are now one in seven as rose mentioned we're looking to cover our costs and to hopefully incentivize you to give right now as we're giving away this 250 dollars visa gift card this drawing is open to those who give during closer look and so your odds of winning are, as I said, one in seven. That's really good. I yeah. might have to enter this. Um, you can give at wabe.org slash donate or with a good old-fashioned call to 678-553-9090. Also, we know you're not making a donation just for this gift card. Although if you are, I'm not judging. But because you appreciate Closer Look and all of the interesting stories that we share every day. So please... Take a moment to give right now at wabe.org slash donate, and thank you. My name is Emily Thrower-Velez, and I'm currently living in South Florida, but I am from Atlanta. I love listening to Rose Scott. Her reporting is always very thorough, and you can tell she she's not only delivering the facts, but you can tell she is very passionate about what she's saying, what she's doing. Um, she's definitely got a, a wonderful presence about her and a professionalism. And I know that whenever I hear her reporting, she's put a lot of work into it. And thank you so much for that, Emily. Passionate, passionate about hip hop and passionate about jazz and barbecue and pets and children's books. Now, here's what you wanted me to do. You wanted me to just offer, just throw it on out here without getting permission. Just say, hey, you know, what? anybody who donates now, Rose will record your favorite children's book. Now, if your favorite children's book is War and Peace, that ain't going to happen because I'm not. <laughs> but if your favorite children's I don't know. what uh, What's your favorite children's book there, Gail? 
but was one. Oh, well, I love the runaway bu- bunny and I love the velveteen rabbit and the giving tree. The giving tree. I've actually Anything recorded with a mommy the mommy I love. I yeah. have actually recorded the giving tree for a couple for their 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 young son some years ago. But I haven't gotten permission, so y'all have to wait till I get permission to do that. So do people have to text WABE, you know, yeah. person? Send all your emails to let Rose. Yes. Jennifer Dorn, her CEO. <laughs> Not only, maybe you could record an outgoing voicemail message for people's cell phones. Maybe you doing could record all that. A, message, nah, nah. a message for babies who are on the way and about to arrive and say, hi, this is Auntie Rose from WABE. Nah, I hope then you'll that, be a listener nah, when you come into the world. makes me responsible for financially, not Auntie Rose. Unless you're in the, <laughs> unless you're in the bloodlines. No, but we're we're working on it. But again, whatever okay, your favorite good. children's book is, you know, In the Giving Tree is, is a wonderful book. Uh, I also recorded The Night I Followed the Dog, which was... I don't know that. And then there was a book called Pug Dog. Something about pug, a dog, I don't know. Anyway, the kid had a dog, and he put ribbons on the dog, and the dog didn't want the ribbons. It was a, it was a book that talked about, you know, identity. It was It was a beautiful book and then you know the dog was like i don't want these pink bows i just want to roll around in the dirt because i'm a dog i'm reminded of you getting that barbie doll when you <laughs> don't were start don't start throwing I, you know, the barbie on the barbecue because you wanted a football and i got a very mean email from someone who said i'm sure your father worked very hard for that and how dare you do that and i was like oh, oh my god i felt bad <laughs> started crying like really no i was six uh, what, or seven what's your what's your favorite children's book Oh, wow. You know, um, I did like anything with that, that, that little bear, that little, what was the little bear? Yes, Corduroy with the missing yes, button on his I, 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 I enjoyed that. And, and it, you know, and I, I loved, I just love it also too. Now, I remember my dad gave me a book by Langston Hughes when I was like eight. He's, <laughs> I was like, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but I'll read it. So, yeah, no, but I, I remember I loved the, the, the little teddy bear, the, the, the bear, um, anything with bears, I, I don't know. I had a thing with bears. And do you remember the elephants? Uh, remember the Babar? Yeah, the little, the little French. Ele- of course, I remember yes, Babar. I love those. And and I, I was never into the story of Babar, but I loved the illustrations. I could just stare. Oh, at was them. it? Was it? It wasn't up to your your standard, there, Gail. No, I had no standards. Oh, I have to tell you, my absolute favorite <laughs> children's book. As you can hear, the. Um, gardeners are here blowing leaves at my little complex. Can you hear all that noise in the background? No, but we should be raising money, but go ahead. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so before <laughs> I go, if you could re- record Ferdinand the Bull, the story of Ferdinand, it's about a bull who's very peaceful and loving, but he's accidentally recruited to fight in the bullring in Spain. And when he gets This is a there, children's book? Yes. When he gets to the bullring, He's so enchanted by the smell of flowers in the senorita's hair <laughs> that Ferdinand just sits there sniffing the roses and then he gets kicked out. It's a really, really sweet book. All right. So l- let's get back to this pledge. Listeners, first of all, Emily, I want to thank you and Roswell for giving just now. Your chances of winning that Visa gift card are one in eight. And I want listeners to consider a gift of $10 a month because that seems to be the most comfortable level for most of our listeners. But you know what's right for you? If it's $100 a month, I will not stop you. Plus, every WABE monthly donor will automatically receive a gift from us in the form of the PBS streaming service Passport. You can give it 678-553-9090 or make a contribution at wabe.org slash donate. 
and thank you so much. My sister says, you know the story about the bull. I'm, she just sent me a text. I'm like, okay, I, I don't remember that. But So Ferdinand was like, I ain't doing this. I want to smell oh, the flowers. I'm going to get you Ferdinand for the holidays. And I will I will record it and send it to someone. Uh, meanwhile, remember when you donate right now, your name is being entered into that drawing to win a $250 Visa gift card, which can buy a whole lot of children's books. Hey, And also... Keep this in mind now. Everyone who donates between now and the end of Closer Look, you know what? Your, your odds are going to be pretty good. So this is for new, renewing members, sustainers who upgrade their donation, even those who give something extra right now. We really appreciate it. So basically anyone who gives right now, guess what? You're entered into the drawing. So look, since you're listening right now, why not make what could be your very first public radio gift at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678 678- Five five three ninety ninety. My friend Natasha says Disney made a movie about Ferdinand. How did I miss this? How did I miss that? Thank you, Natasha. I have to check out my next Netflix or whomever is streaming that. <laughs> it better be good, though. I do not like adaptations. That <laughs> and Ferdinand better be as cute as he was in that book. We're back in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> This is Closer Look from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. By the way, I got an email from a listener that sent me a link to Pierre by Carol King. I got to tell you, that's from, I think, Really Rosie. It's one of my favorite albums. I love Carol King, but Really Rosie, it has chicken soup with rice, the story of Pierre, who was um, kind of rude till the lion showed up at his door and Pierre got it all together. So I do love it. And I'm a big Carol King fan. But anyway, that's from Carol King, and I don't know if I've ever done this, from Carol King to Florence Foster Jenkins. Lord have mercy. If you don't know who she was, she was a self-pronounced, talented, what do they call it, a coloratura soprano? Now, she was born in 1868 to a very wealthy family. Jenkins was a New York philanthropist and socialite. She really thought she was a gifted classical singer, but I'm here to tell you she wasn't. But for folks that knew her, they said she was a very nice person. Well, her story came to the big screen in 2016 with Meryl Streep as Jenkins and Hugh Grant as her husband and Simon Helberg, of, who played Cosme McMoon, who was a young pianist and composer hired to work with Jenkins. She's remarkable, isn't she? She can be a little flat. Flat? It defies medical science. Ooh, she was a mess. She could not sing. Now, during the screening of the premiere for Florence Foster Jenkins, Simon Elberg stopped by WABE for a conversation. We talked about working alongside the great Meryl Streep and, of course, his role as the geeky but lovable aerospace engineer Howard Wallowitz from The Big Bang Theory. You find yourselves in an overgrown old forest. and Before you is a, a giant oak tree with a face on it that looks a lot like Nicolas Cage. He says, travel with caution. These woods are home to the bones of many a fallen hero.
did you know anything about the life? That's brutal. Did you know? <laughs> you talk. About- you started talking at the right time, right at that moment. That you don't want to hear that. Ooh, did you know anything about the life of Florence Foster Jenkins before getting this role? I had not ever heard anything about her. Did Did you know anything about her? No, I grew up listening to Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Of, I had heard of Mozart, but no, I had never heard of uh, Miss uh, Jenkins. George Clinton. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. P-Funk. I'm there. Yeah, I'm we there. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, she didn't quite have the sense of rhythm uh, that, that P-Funk had. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, she, she had her own, she heard her own drum. Uh, she sort of existed at, at, at many tempos at once and all keys, uh, simultaneously. So were they wrong notes? If you're singing in every key, then, you know, Hey, well, what did you think when you got the script? Well, I fell in love with it and I, I knew already that Meryl was going to play this character and I thought this is going to be one of the great movies uh, you know uh, of of our time i love meryl and who doesn't love meryl and uh i couldn't couldn't wait to see her take that on and i couldn't fathom that it it would be me next to her potentially i had never played this kind of music uh, i do play piano mm-hmm. um i play well but uh i don't play i'm not a classically trained pianist well that was my next yeah. question i was going there because you sort of had an advantage over maybe some of the others that auditioned for this because you are musically talented simon now don't sell yourself short. no i'm good i'm good i can impress uh, and i didn't even know i thought maybe you know at, at the very least i thought well i can put my hands where they generally would be as opposed to like you know on top of the piano i know they're on the keys that much i know they're not on the legs of the piano so at the very least it'll look real but I, I thought, and maybe I'll play a couple songs, but I'll get a you know a great piano player and I'll just double him. But Stephen Frears insisted that I play. I lied to him. I told him I'd play whatever he, anything he put in front of me because I wanted to meet Meryl Streep. So sure, whatever. Oh, I'll learn opera. Yeah. Uh, when can I meet her? And then I had to live up to it. You arrived on the set going, where's Meryl? Where's her trailer? Yeah. Where? Oh. Yes. I learned how to play classical music just so I could meet you. <laughs> Does that sound creepy? Yes. Uh, <laughs> How long have you been playing the piano? I've been playing since I was about 10, which was like considered late at the time, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because 10-year-olds are really little. But I was like, oh, I've been playing since I was five. You, you don't even attempt it. You're way behind. <laughs> I started playing classical music um, with this very stout Russian lady, and I didn't really like it. And I, I remember giving her a, a book of The Doors music, and which she sat playing Light My Fire, and it was the least cool moment (laughs) in the history of rock and roll. Seventh grade, there was a jazz band, and I thought, well, this seems kind of, I'll try that. And then I got very into jazz, and so I was, that's, yeah, I did that as a teenager, a lot of jazz and rock, and I was very good as a 16-year-old, and and then uh, today I'm just more like like party trick good. I don't know how else to put this, but your character, Cosme McMoon, he's quite adorable. Oh, thank you. Sort of meek, but confident. Yes. Did you have to work to find... To be meek? No. Yeah. Totally natural. <laughs> confident? Yes, that's an illusion. Sorry, I cut you off. It's because okay. I, I'm Because I'm, I have no confidence. I'm going to assume I know what you're going to say. Uh, yes, because you're Simon. <laughs> yeah. I definitely could relate to the flop sweat and kind of panic and and the sort of fish out of water element that that he had particularly when i looked up and saw Merrill and hugh and and stephen frears and 
I thought, oh my God, you know, that, 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 so that, I think there's a scene where I throw up in the movie, all very natural, very trippingly off the tongue, but he's definitely different than I, I am. And he's so pure and mm-hmm. there's no judgment in him. And he's kind of, I, I just, I, I picture him like a, like a little gecko, you know, just literally his neck is out exposed and his eyes are wide open and taking in the world almost for the first time. Did you have any freedom with that character to ad lib or add an expression? There were little moments, I think, that we added things, but for the most part, the script was so perfect, Mm -hmm. and Nick Martin wrote an amazing story. But as far as bringing the character to life, uh, Stephen just blindly trusts everyone around him, Um, and thank thank God, I guess, he hires great people, but I, I felt... He just trusted me more than I trusted myself, but we threw our whole kind of body into it. And um, yeah, I guess I I brought that guy to the set and I never was told no. So I just kept going and I guess it worked out. Directors, they always talk about the importance of chemistry and, and how that really helps present these authentic relationships on the big screen. But when you're exchanging dialogue with the one and only Meryl Streep, any intimidation there at all? Yeah, severe. Um, It's not her fault because she did everything she could to humanize herself and really welcome me, I mean, immediately from the first moment of meeting her. And honestly, by the time we were really acting, I'd already been working on the music and we we had uh, recorded at Abbey Road. So that was this enormously... epic moment in my life and 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 also scary and talk about being out of your element sitting in studio two where the beatles recorded everything and i'm playing mozart with meryl streep it's really um that doesn't happen every day no it's pretty it's pretty crazy but i did have moments where i would get lost in the scene looking at meryl either because she was just doing something so amazing, I'd like fall out of the scene and be like, wow, you're amazing. Or I'd have moments I'd look in her eyes and I'd think, oh my God, the, her body of work, you know, I, I could see these characters and then I'd kind of shift myself back into the scene. So yeah, it was a joy and it was definitely somewhat nerve wracking at moments. The, the other side of that is the joy of it is almost greater. I think the payoff of, of really, you have to be scared if you're throwing yourself in kind of so much and with, with those kind of people it felt like a team effort in a way that I, I don't know I didn't expect it to I feel like we really were all crafting something together but you're also telling a true story in a sense yeah and we often hear people say we want to be respectful now Miss Jenkins passed on years ago right. but there are people that know this story that might have even been there did you worry about making sure we tell a story but you don't want to make fun of anybody I right. mean listen the woman could not sing I think we we were very conscious of trying to approach it with love, I guess, and as opposed to looking down the bridge of our nose at these people to celebrate them. I think it's a, always something you want to do as an actor is to try to come to defense of your character and to really humanize them so that you're not judging them. You have a, a certain point of view and that's and you stand by that. And then the other side is that they were real and there's not a lot of information about them, which is sort of liberating. I think in the end, I got to meet Cosme's, I believe it was his grandniece, and she said he would have loved it. And that was a very gratifying moment. And I do think Florence would have been proud to see Meryl Streep playing her. And I think that she would have, you know, probably seen the joy that it's brought the audiences. It's it's pretty similar to the to, to the reaction that she got when she played Carnegie Hall, which is laughter, tears, and, and kind of a 
I don't know, like a tingly feeling. It's just something magical about about it. It's, it's scary. I don't know. We, you know, it's like her. You don't. Everyone's perception is is sure. going to be vastly different from your own, and it's sort of scary. And I guess maybe searching inward for the validation as opposed to outward is is the healthy way to go. And that's what she did in the movie. She found it all in, inside. Well, the movie is Florence Foster Jenkins. Simon Helberg plays real-life pianist Cosme McMoon, who accompanied the socialite during her many performances, including at Carnegie Hall. Simon, thank you so much for coming in and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is so fun. Thank you. One of my favorite conversations, I just love conversations, period, but that was a fun one, and we sat here in Studio 4, actually, and just talked afterwards, talked about Parliament Funkadelic, funk music, our favorite bass players. It was just a good conversation, and, and I got to tell you, folks ask me, do these folks have egos? I got to tell you, I, with all the, quote, entertainers, the celebrities, I've never met one in for us in terms of an interview where they've just been, like, so standoffish or... You know, just not pleasant to work with. Now, some of their handlers <laughs> get on your nerves. But for the most part, no. They've been really, really cool. Now, some other folks that shall remain nameless, politicians, y'all come up here, y'all can really get on my nerves sometimes. But that's okay. That's what we do. Just ask questions, right? Ask questions. <laughs> but, you know, Rose, I think you under you underestimate your contribution to why people are so sincere. Your questions are so disarming and so non, um, non-pat that it just, it, dis- it disarms people. So it gets them out of their celebrity mode and just puts them back I'm down just asking questions. And, and settles yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. And I love your pregnant pauses when you're speaking to the politicians and they have not answered your question. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. You know what? I'm going to say this and get it over with. You, if you come on this program or if you get interviewed by me, you don't have to answer any question that anybody asks you. People ask me, how do I do you, you could sit here in silence if you want to. All I'm saying is that when I ask the question, or perhaps my colleagues, then what you say is what you say. Don't then leave and get on Twitter and say, I didn't like this. I asked a question. You could have said, you know what, Rose? I'm not ready to answer that. That's all you got to do. I may follow up I'm with sure why. Grandfather, I'm sure your grandfather would have a saying for that. My grandfather would say, you do what you want to do. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and right now, what I want you to do, if you're listening, and honor my beloved grandfather, Mr. William Powell Holmes, my beloved grandfather, you can make a donation online at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. And we've got another good reason to tell you to give today, as Gail's going to tell you. Yes, and that's because we're giving away a $250 Visa gift card. And keep in mind that your odds of winning are now 1 in 15. So thank you to the last five listeners who called in. This drawing is open to everyone who gives right now until the top of the hour. That's three minutes away. And that's someone who's renewing their gift, annual gift to a person who's never given before, a major gift giver, or a one-time gift. There are just a few minutes left in today's program, and the reason we're doing this now is to cover the cost to bring you more thought-provoking stories, more pregnant pauses, and more <laughs> please answer the questions from our beloved Rose, Rose Scott. You can help right now. Please take a moment to give at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. My name is Juana Summers, and I'm a co-host of NPR's All Things Considered. 
I think our audiences crave clarity. I think they're looking for context in an incredibly crowded news ecosystem. What I love about All Things Considered is the range of different stories, whether it's the news that they need to inform their decisions for their family or the cultural stories that are the things that people are talking about in their group texts. We get to do it all. I am really proud to support several NPR stations, and I really value the work that our member stations do to help people understand their own communities. And I feel that for myself and my community, I think it's important for our coverage to always be culturally relevant and to reflect the diversity of the communities that we live in and work in. I hope that I can be a part of expanding who sees us as their natural news and culture home. I'm Juana Summers. Support this NPR station today. Uh, thank you so much, Juana. And you can show your support at wabe.org slash donate. And yeah, as she says, range is really great because that's not just a variety of stories that you hear on All Things Considered. But every time you listen, I believe, to WABE, you might have not thought about something this way before, but your gift really does matter. Because as I say all, all the time, Gail, I'm not here to tell you what to think or how to think. We just present something for you to think about. You come up with That's your right. own informed decisions. Because then if we didn't cover it, I'll get an email that says, Dear Rose Scott, how come you didn't cover this? And how come y'all didn't talk about this? And y'all do that too. And I love y'all. And it's okay. Don't bother me. But y'all, ooh, they, Gail, these emails, I love them. I should, well, here, here, I should here, publish here. a book of emails. You should. I'm very nosy. I'd love to read that. Here's some good news. Tammy in Hampton, Georgia, just called in Rose, and she said she listens to you because you are so inspiring. I completely agree, Tammy, and I thank you for your gift. Listeners, WABE counts on listeners like you and Tammy for financial support. You know what you have to do, 678-553-9090 or donate at wabe.org slash donate. And thank you. Absolutely. So please give what you can right now at wabe.org slash donate or with the call the old-fashioned way, 678-553-9090. As we say all the time, thank you so much. And also to let you know that I can't do this show without some very very important people. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Razel, Pat St. Clair. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker. A reminder to let us know your thoughts on the day's program and any other because send me an email again, rose at wabe.org. So stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.